so this is another episode of the Burns Built Podcast. This is um, part of the series of core values. I've got Mac here, and this is Nick. Um, we're going to be talking about clarity today. We think that when we are successful, we we execute clarity well. Um, and so um, we've been going through this series talking about each core value as part of a background reference place, but also as a point of encouragement for folks when they're starting out here that we want them to listen to um, just to uh, simply know what we're about, what's going on here and how we do what we do, why we do what we do. And um, I thought this would be a great one for you to jump on. So, yeah. So this is near and dear to my heart because this is what my, my educational background is in. I've got a master's in public relations, but um, I hands down believe that solid communication and effective communication could solve like 50% of the world's problems. Um, it is not enough that people communicate. It is how we communicate. Mm-hmm. But that's not something that we teach institutionally. That's not a class that everybody gets to learn. It's something that communications majors get to learn, and we spend a lot of time on it in school, um, whether that's a journalism class in high school or you're learning to do maybe yearbook or something like that. Uh, maybe you've heard of debate teams, or I think I did some kind of thing. In, it was literally in fourth grade was extemporaneous speaking and I won some beta national deal and it, it was essentially learning to stand up and BS your way through like five minutes of information but it was a practice in communicating yeah. taking some information and communicating to a large group mm-hmm. um, I started doing that really early on and it's always been extremely interesting to me to find the happy medium between people in how they communicate so that they can effectively work together Um, I think our core value of clarity points to that in a lot of different places. So how we communicate on site, how we communicate when we're training, how we talk to each other, but also nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the entire goal of it is clarity. And are we we really saying what we want to say? Are we asking for feedback to make sure that we're being heard, that we're communicating instructions clearly, that we're communicating questions clearly? Um, sometimes it's not just as uh, I was on site yesterday and I think I, in my ear pointed to something and said, what's that? And Gilbert said, well, there's a lot of that. Which one are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yep, you're right. What's that yellow right there? That, that machine that has the thing and gave some identifying clues about it or whatever. And I think I I couldn't see the number. Um, but he was like, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Well, there is, there's a lot going on all the time, whether it's on site or in the office, um, being clear saves us so much time. Yeah. And then it's a challenge in the field, right? Because you have noise, you have stuff moving on, you know, going, you know, there's maybe even distance, physical distance yes. between people. Uh, we do have radios, but like we were talking about, I think we were on the we were on the job site a couple weeks ago, and someone it's stuck Austin the, and neighbors. Yeah, Austin and neighbors have a very good nonverbal communication pattern. Yeah. Like yeah. you can see it. I watched Stuart raise his hand up and make kind of like a high five kind of thing, and run his hand halfway across his palm yeah. and do this. I know no one can see what I'm doing, but I think that was a good description. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, it's like kinda, the timeout. Yeah, kind of like timeout, but he's but going sideways. And yeah. And I don't think you noticed. That, but I, I wouldn't know what that meant. Right, but I pointed it out and I was saying, he's saying, you know, 
filled that up halfway. That's halfway. Oh, that see, was, I would have half. Being not from the construction world, I would have literally thought he meant like, "Stop what you're doing." Uh-uh. Um, but that's 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 the choking. That's, that's the, a, <laughs> yeah, cutting head, at the neck. Cutting your head off, cutting yeah. at the neck. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more serious. <laughs> Stop yeah. is more serious communication. Um, yeah. but yeah, that that sort of stuff is being very clear and very deliberate at all levels. Um, something that we discussed earlier was taking like some personality assessments for leadership. Mm-hmm. And that can, that can seem like a lot of fluff or it can seem even a little overwhelming or scary. Um, if it's not something you've done before, but one of, one of the best elements in personality assessments is that it tells you how you receive information best. If yeah. I know how Nick receives information best. I can help him and myself get my my point across a lot better. Um, yeah. Some people do receive information better in writing. They receive instructions better in writing or, or type it out. Or pictures. Um, yeah, the, or pictures. Yeah. They're visual people, yeah. but they like to reference. And so let's say you've got a, a relatively new operator on site. And they know enough to be productive, but you're trying to get them to do something new, or you want to give them some seat time in a new machine, um, and you want to you want to write down a few instructions for them. Maybe that's the difference in you typing it out on your phone real quick and mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, do this." Bullet points doesn't have to be a paragraph, doesn't have to be super detailed, but writing it down and being clear and saying, "Okay, I just sent you this. Go hop in the skid steer, whatever it might be." And, and go do that thing, and they can sit there, and they can read it. They can digest that information. They can think about it for a second, and then they're good. Some people are perfectly fine, fine with verbal communication. They do yeah. well with auditory input. You, you can tell them something, they can hear it, and they retain it that way. Um, some people are more visual picture-wise, and they want you to show them what you're doing. You get in this machine and show me what you're doing. Um, so there's, there's all different kinds of input and output and we all kind of operate differently. But if I know that information about my coworkers or if I know it about my family members, um, it makes the communication gap that much smaller. It yeah. makes everything go better. I know I just, Garrett and I just recorded the, the balance, um, life balance episode. And yeah. so kind of been thinking about family and how work and family, how it, overlaps and how one relies on the other and that, mm-hmm. you know, they each rely on each other. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they, when you bring up the personality test as a communication tool, um, I was one of those people that is always like, those things are silly. Like there's no way that it can tell me, maybe it just tells me it was, I always just thought it was like, Oh, it just tells me what kind of person I am. Like the, um, yeah. I don't remember one that gives you the four letters. Um, like E N J or whatever. Oh, yeah. Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs. Um, and I did that years E N T J or all yeah, the things. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember what mine is because you could kind of float. There's a lot of options yeah. in that one. Um, but my wife got me to do the Enneagram mm-hmm. test, and I did it like two years ago, and that's been massive for our marriage to like even be able to talk about. Yeah. And you understand where the other person's coming from, and I feel like just doing that, I'm like, I know this person. Like we've. We've been together for 10 years. Yeah. And I know this person. Um, but when you find that out, you go, oh, well, that's why they're that way. Mm-hmm. Right? And it can really be a, a, a massive communication tool when you understand why a person, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that that why. Um, yeah, some I don't know, brain on that. No, it's, I, the actually just, side, yeah. I retook my Enneagram this morning. Um, because I took, it, I took it right before I got here. I had not taken that particular one before. 
Um, I, I love a disc assessment, and I think that's the one we'll, we'll probably put into practice here. It's, it's very simple, but it's for disc assessment is for personality in the workplace specifically. Yeah. But um, I redid my Enneagram this morning, and it solidified that eight way stronger than it did right before I got here. So um, the cool stuff about that, I think, is you do, you do learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. When I did, we had to do Myers-Briggs actually for our, our church has like a six weeks marriage, I don't know, counseling or primer that you do before you get married. We, the first thing we did was take a Myers-Briggs assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robert and I are completely opposite on the square, but we are completely opposite for our careers as well. Uh, we have backwards careers for what our personalities are. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. It's, it's that whole opposites attract, um, and creates balance. One of the great things that these assessments can do is it lets us know who's in the company. It lets us know who works well together, who's naturally inclined to do well together. And a lot of times it is the opposites. It's not always that you want a whole crew of people who are exactly the same operating together all the time. That does not work. You need the balance of different personalities. Um, You need the dominant personality leader and you need the quiet thinker as well. Those two people have to exist together because they make a stronger crew. They make a stronger team. Um, but the knowledge of self, when you know ab- about yourself that, hey, this is kind of how I'm wired, but this is how my coworkers wired too, just knowing that can make everything a lot more efficient. But you also got to be willing to read it and kind of believe it and say, oh, yeah, that's about right. Um, that's you, about right. You brought up something uh, recently where we were talking about scheduling on mm-hmm. a project. And I'm going to tie this commun- I'm tie it to clarity yeah. really well here. That there was you, we had sat through a meeting where um, we were talking about a pro- a specific project, and the superintendent said this sub's coming on this date, whatever it was, May 9th, yeah. I think was the date. Um, and then you turn around and talk to the project manager, and he said the week of the ninth. Um, and talking about how that specifics mm-hmm. are a little different and why that is. Um, but there's a, while there may be a gap there in that communication, it's important for those two people to understand why someone, you know, on the crew may say this specific time, Mm -hmm. there's more details in their portion of the job. They're more worried about the details of the project, whereas the project manager may be long-term looking at, but those two, it's important that those two people talk, right. And are very clear on what they mean by the ninth versus the week of the ninth. Yeah, that was, so outside looking in for me, both that super and PM knew exactly what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, it, nature of the business. The, the superintendent knew that May 9th was, May 9th is a target date. And that if it was the 10th or the 8th, there was a little, there's a little wiggle room in there. But the superintendent understood that. The PM understands that as well. PM knew that this was the window in which that date had to occur. Um, do we... Do we all know the specifics of that? Do our operators know the specifics of that? Does an entry-level uh, laborer or operator that comes on board understand the nature or the fluidity of a date like that or what a hard date or a soft date is? Yeah. Um, that In planning particularly, because there is a lot of reactive, there's, it's, the entire construction environment is very reactive because there's so much you can't control. Right. And when we are subject to the almighty weather, and there's so much you can't control. Um, are we communicating very clearly to achieve that goal of clarity where everyone understands what's happening and why it's happening? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 
It is. It is that that makes you stronger when you can yes. clarify. I mean, when you can communicate clearly. Yes, that. and faster. And mm-hmm. in in a business where speed, you know, time is money, right? Yeah. Time is money. We communicate faster, and and at the end of the day, it also lessens frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes effort. It takes effort on both ends. Communication is a two way thing. Um, instruction should always be viewed as a two way thing. And in a as we're moving into a more learning friendly company structure where we're really emphasizing training, we're really emphasizing clarity. Um, you've got to be committed on both ends uh, from the person who's communicating the initial information, whatever it is, if it's a training program, if it's just instructions on site, if it's just say, this is planned for the day, you have to be willing to put that information out there and then you have to be willing to receive the feedback on it, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Whatever you do with that information is specific to the job at hand, but you have to be willing to put it out there, but also open to receiving it. Yeah, there's some accountability. Absolutely, definitely some accountability there. The people on the other end have to be willing to speak up, have to be willing to ask questions. Um, That's very important for me to to incorporate in our new hire orientations is that we, we cannot emphasize enough that you won't learn if you don't ask. We're going to put out as much as we can for you, but there'll be stuff that we miss because we're working. Mm-hmm. We're, we are working in the business all the time here. And if you're on site, it's an opportunity to get work done and it's an opportunity to learn, but showing the initiative and communicating, Hey, what's that yellow thing over there? Or, Hey, yeah. what's this pile of rock right here? Um, I think I think there's power in the question. What do you mean? Yes. And that exchange on the site. Uh, somebody that I, you know, I grew up around this, um, and I worked on a crew, and I asked a lot of questions. I know that I, I was probably an anomaly in somebody that asked a lot of questions. Um, now I was working under a family member. I was working under my cousin, yeah. and so somebody that I knew and was very comfortable. comfortable. Um, but I learned very quickly to ask people to sh- if they if if he explained hey go do this i'd say okay um why are we doing that right mm-hmm. not not i'm not questioning no. doing it i'm just saying can you explain to me the point yeah. of it so that i can or the or the why so that i can have a deeper do, understanding a of better understanding what you're asking me to do and a lot of times you would get an answer um that you didn't understand um and there's a question in there's a power in that question. What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Can you explain that in a different yeah. way? Um, because there's a lot of things that go on in this industry and in our company that well, I don't know why we do it that way. And but if you if someone asks that question, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. You may stop and think and go, ah, this is why we do it that way. This is the reason for that. Or explain it in a different wording instead of saying the same thing over. Yes, you know. Um, yeah, I think there's the power in when you're asking questions, especially when you're mm-hmm. onboarding, you're coming up and you're learning a new task, asking what, you know, can you explain that in a different way? Yeah. I'm not I, understanding. I think our, our on-site crews are probably a little tired of me <laughs> because I've been asking a lot of questions. Um, but it's because I'm, I'm not from here, right? I'm not from mm-hmm. this world. Um, the minute I step on site one, you could tell that I've, I, I have not been here enough times yet. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Um, I did a test run yesterday with a student on site to see how much I could explain to her and how much of it I felt was an accurate description of what I'd learned so far. 
And I probably spent 20 minutes with her just pointing out stuff until I realized, man, they have answered a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I have asked a ton of questions. What is this? Why is that? Why do you call it blue top? What are the measurements of this? Why is that machine running that way? And what's the difference in tandem and articulated and all these things. But there's so much information that I have absorbed in just 30 days just by asking questions. There's a pretty good environment for it already. Um, I'm really looking forward to us evolving to the point where everyone that steps on site, if they ask a question, we answer it as if they've never been here before. Every new person that comes on site, because while they may have been in construction for years, they've not been at Burns. Mm -hmm. And this is why and how we do things, because we do have a very specific way about it. And it's a great way and it's better than most. And communicating that information, um, treating everybody like, Oh, you know what? They, they don't know. They don't know. And if you're willing to ask the question, whether you've been around 20 plus years or 20 days, um, if you have the, if you've got the initiative to ask about it, then we owe them an answer and a good one Yeah, and a good one. Um, new people I've met that I didn't necessarily initially see as, Oh yeah, they're, they're going to be a standout trainer. Uh, I've seen, I've watched them explain things in their own way. And there's a lot of teaching going on. There's a mm-hmm. lot of teaching going on. And, um, that clarity that we get from that is going to make us a lot stronger. I think I've been going through this morning, um, building some presentations, uh, for some of the elective classes in the yeah. Burns built Academy. Yeah. Um, and recently last week, uh, crew was building a retaining wall on a project. And I thought, man, that's a really great time for me to sit down and build this course because it's fresh on my mind. Uh, it's something I've known how to do for years, but but I'm really I've been really thinking about it a lot, and I know that in the next couple of weeks there's going to be more opportunities. If I'm missing a picture or I have a question or something, I can build that better. Um, I think that those are those are going to be great clarity tools mm-hmm. coming up um, to be able to show those presentations. But I've realized I've realized too is that my me understanding and being able to explain it to someone. I find clarity and I really understand it because I take the time to understand how do Mm -hmm. I explain this to someone? I gain a greater understanding of it as well. Yeah. Have you ever heard that saying that the best way to really understand something is to teach somebody how to do it? Um, That I had a a really great piece of advice. It's actually my dad that gave it to me Um, when I got to college and I was taking chemistry and he said, go ahead and sign up to be a tutor. I was like, what are you talking about? Like I literally just got here and I grew up in, you know, Mayberry, Louisiana, essentially, I was certain that my chemistry experience wasn't as great as somebody at LSU with 30,000 other people would have had. And he said, no, go ahead. It'll help you understand your stuff way better if you have to teach it to somebody else. And, Mm -hmm. and he was right. Absolutely. If you, if you can teach someone to do something, you will grow in your knowledge of the skill. Um, it also teaches you to talk about worst case scenarios or pitfalls or this could happen. And it helps you think through a retaining wall process when you're approaching it from a teaching or training scenario, because you're wanting to equip that person with all of the what ifs. And there are a lot of them on plenty of jobs and stuff you can't predict, but it helps you go through, not just this is the task that we're doing, but it helps you address the environment as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we really settled and centered on anything, it's challenging 
people who are orienting the company to figure out what clarity means to you, how you operate that way, how you listen, how you retain, how you learn, um, and then be mindful to see what clarity means to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, what it what it takes to really achieve that clarity goal is a certain level of empathy. Yeah, is a certain level of not just understanding someone else, but wanting to understand someone yeah. else. And that that's something we all we all have to a certain level of degree. But to, to approach um, your entrance into the to the Burns family that way. Absolutely. Cool. Well, um, this has been the clarity session of our uh, core value series that we've been doing, um, and uh, that's it. So we've got a, we've got a couple more cool. knockout, and so um, I think this has been a great intro into the Burns family, and uh, will be a great reminder of when we're successful. These are the things that we do. So uh, until next time, see you.